98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Here's Aaron Maloney. Aaron? So yesterday was Suns Media Day and Sun Center. DeAndre Ayton kept his answer short when he was asked about the team matching the Pacers offer sheet. What was your initial reaction once the Suns matched the Pacers offer? I was happy. It was all done, I guess. That's it? Yep. Okay. So I can hear Josh Rosen as our quarterback. For now, it's <laughs> yeah. all done, I guess. Yeah, that, that I guess is just hanging out Do there. you guys think that D.A. will be a member of the Phoenix Suns by the end of this upcoming season? This is a, this is a brutal question. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. Um, D.A., dominating. <laughs> but I think I feel it a little bit less after hearing that cut, honestly. I do. Why do you say that, Luke? Just because of what Maloney just pointed out, that I guess. The first time we played it, that's that was what I heard, too, of, I yeah. guess. like Or I could be traded. And he can veto any trade for a year. Yeah. Yeah, like, he can't even be traded until January 15th, but he doesn't. I don't know, man. It doesn't sound like the, it's not like this is some rookie. And we're like, wow, okay. is this how this guy sounds? We've had him here for four years. We know what he's like. That doesn't sound like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe once again, there's been some type of shift with DeAndre Ayton in terms of his mentality and what this is all about and how he views it and whether or not maybe he's going to take his performance personally. We'll have to wait and see. So now that the NBA season inches closer, because we got the 36ers on Sunday, how does ESPN's Mark J. Spears feel about this year's Suns team? He told Bickley and Murata this morning. Oh, man, I ain't counting them out. No, no, no. Uh -uh. (laughs) Nah, man. They're a problem. Because they've tasted what it's like to go to the final, and then... Now you respect it even more because you came really short. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to come out angry. He went on to say, "Everybody's under contract now, so there, there is no contract issue. The Sarver situation's hopefully away soon, and they could just focus on basketball. So this is to me a very, very dangerous team. I am not sleeping on the Suns in the least." So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, following media day, how are you feeling about the Suns this season? So your options, too many big distractions, they'll use it all as motivation, or it won't make a difference either way. I would say of those three, I guess I'll say they'll use it as motivation. I don't, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to, it's not going to hold them back. I, I, I'm probably too high on the Suns. I mean, I think we're looking at. I, so are you externally motivated? I, I, I <laughs> Come on, like Wolf. Strap. That's so good. Right well, there. I don't really think is. it's going to, I don't think it's going to make a difference, but I don't think they're just going to completely block it out either. Just based on some of their comments yesterday. Yeah. You know, once again, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm hoping, externally motivated. I'm, I'm hoping that DA is having an internal moment. 
This is what I'm hoping for. I've been waiting for it for years. I'm waiting for him, the light bulb, to go on in the shed. And hopefully he's got the internal moment that I've been waiting for to a point where if, in fact, they get into a series with the Dallas Mavericks once again, the Suns win that series because DeAndre Ayton will not be denied getting the ball down low and hammering it and throwing it down over JaVale McGee. Yeah. Is that possible? So 51% say it won't make a difference either way. 35% say too many big distractions. And then 14% are all externally motivated like Luke Lipinski over here and said they'll use it as motivation. I think it's a weight off their shoulders, honestly, as the season starts. I think anything that was weighing them down is gone. The Cardinals, their fallout continues with their loss against the Rams in week three. And now they're dealing with some injuries including one to wide receiver A.J. Green. So is there a concern he could miss this week? Here's Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. There is. I'm not sure exactly where where it sits. It sounds like it's better news. It's a bone bruise, but I'm not sure um, if that's going to be this week or maybe next week when he's back. So what happens at the receiver position if A.J. Green is unable to go? They go 12 personnel. (laughs) They just don't even worry about it. They go 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. And they run their offense out of that. And I hope that happens because it's going to be rainy and it's going to be gloomy and it's going to be cloudy in Carolina. Hey, cloudy in Carolina. That's <laughs> that sounds, alliteration. That sounds pretty cool. It sounds like a country song. Literally. Uh, I don't know about the... <laughs> Remember that guy rapping? <laughs> That, that's a real, that's a voice, right? Carolina Panthers with sharp teeth and claws. We crowd win this game. We call pro football. <laughs> that's probably you're worth three a, points right there. You're such a cat. Um, I don't even remember what the question was after that. What happens at the receiver position if A.J. Green is unable to go? Just throw the ball to Greg Dorch more. <laughs> that seems to be the answer anyway. Just keep throwing Go-12, it to Greg Dorch. Man. <laughs> Alrighty, so wow. you kitty cat. I, we need more dogs. To be clear, I purposely didn't say anything when Wolf did that so we can isolate that cut and play it all the time. Perfect. Yeah. And then Wolf, the NFL is replacing the Pro Bowl with week-long skills competitions and a flag football game. I stand and I applaud. Wow. How long have I been talking about this, Mal? How long have I been talking about the fact that the Pro Bowl and the game itself needed to go away for years because it just, it's not football. It doesn't resemble football. It's ridiculous. It's a coronation is what it is, a celebration on the so field. Then I do have a question because it says here that it will feature AFC and NFC players showcasing their football and non-football skills. Non-football skills, like they have to make a smoothie. Like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. But they're going to painting. Do, what they're going to do is they're going to send these guys out there with their families, and they're going to engage them in a lot of charitable events out. And that's what the Lions want more than anything else. It's going to be, be in able, Las Vegas, though. Oh, is it going to be in Las Vegas? Correct. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, it's the same thing, though. At some point, it'll be back out there. It will. At some point. But this is what they want. They want to be able to touch the player, have some type of contact with them. 
not in a football game, but in their community. This feels like something that Peyton Manning is going to end up hosting. Like, can't you just see, like, okay, well, here's all the, the pro bowlers that the Chiefs sent against all the pro bowlers that yep. the Eagles sent, and they're going to play Family Feud. Peyton's the host. Yep. That's what this feels like. Uh, all right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, when we come back, what can we expect from DeAndre Ayton this season, and did his tone of voice yesterday give us any clues? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hi, welcome back to the show. Suns Media Day done yesterday, training camp starting up. First preseason game against the Adelaide 36ers is Sunday. Um... Not a long preseason, obviously, in the NBA. It's just a few games. And then the regular season starts three weeks from tomorrow. Think about that for a second, Wolf. Wow. you got to get in all your fantasy basketball drafts. I don't know how you're going to fit them all in three weeks. That's not going to happen. And you know that. <laughs> That's why I said Of course. It. Right. But no, but Kick in the face. <laughs> three weeks uh, from tomorrow, the regular season starts with that game, of course, against the Dallas Mavericks. Talking about DeAndre Ayton, he did get paid this offseason. He is back. Um, until I heard some of the quotes yesterday, I I, I don't know. I kind of had the thought that, like, he's back. Like, we're doing this. Like, he's here this season. He's here next season. I, I don't know. Well, I'll play the audio for anybody that hasn't heard it. But first, uh, here's Chris Paul saying, yeah, he's just happy for DeAndre Ayton. Happy for him. Uh, anytime, you know, guys get opportunity to, uh, you know, set up um, – possible generational wealth for their family, you know, doing something uh, like playing a game or sport I'm always excited about. So uh, I was happy for D.A. when uh, when he signed uh, his contract because, you know, of course we want to win. You know, everybody always wants to win, but you also want, want guys to succeed and um, be able to take care of their families. Uh, look, we talked about this. I, I, I hope everybody talked about this even last year. D.A. was a huge part of the run to the NBA Finals the year before. Was he a part of them falling apart last year? Yeah, I guess. I mean, we talked about this at the time. After Game 7, DeAndre Ayton's name came up because of the conversation he had with Monty Williams on the sidelines. But yes. I, I don't. did anybody look at that and be like, oh, DA is the reason they lost? I sure yeah. hope not. Yeah, you know, it's so weird because as I was listening to DeAndre Ayton, um, as I'm sure everybody was, anybody that knows DA at all, um, he just seemed like I've never heard him at a press conference, especially on a media day. Um, for years now, we've had the opportunity to hear from him on the media day, and he never sounded like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he's, he's always, and I'm going to play this for, I mean, DA, I've always thought, is one of the most polarizing Suns players of all time. I can't think of one that would be more polarizing. And yet, he's not a polarizing guy. You know yeah. what I mean? But even even just today, Wolf, and and, and the last twenty four hours since this uh, since he spoke, you've got you've got people that are they're coming out and saying, well, yeah, he's talking like that because the media doesn't believe in him, and the media's been tearing him down, and other fans have been tearing him down. And then you have on the other side people being like, get him out of here, like he doesn't need to be here, he's overrated, and it's just. I'm fine. Just how about we just have DeAndre Ayton and move yes. forward? But I want DeAndre Ayton. I, 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 want I don't want DeAndre him to be Ayton. miserable all the time. I want DeAndre Ayton. No, but, you know, once again, maybe the Game 7, the lingering of Game 7, maybe that made him sound like he did. Monty Williams. And what happened with Monty Williams? The internal 
issue with Monty Williams, Jay Crowder, um, Robert Sarver, the contract extension itself, the, the fact that there's still some uncertainty surrounding him, maybe all of this has made him the way that he sounded yesterday. Yeah, okay, so you mentioned the Game 7 real quick, and I, and I will say this. I'm not joking. He sounds like I, and I'm guessing a lot of people, felt after that Game 7, or even in the second half of that Game 7. We all felt like this. When they asked DA yesterday, do you look back at that game at all? Sometimes. I mean, we watch the games, and, and it, was a lot, it was a lot going on. And, you know, that was the outcome of it. And, you know, everything just just combobulated a little bit. I will say this. Well, <laughs> whatever he's doing is intentional, right? I mean, DA's, he doesn't, you don't just suddenly sound completely different. Yeah. Like he's, he's sending some sort of message or he just didn't want to talk to whoever was asking the questions yesterday, but a bunch of different people asked the questions. Uh, really? I, I, I don't know. You, you think maybe he was doing, well, you know, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I'm just, is he, he's, he was trying to send a message to everybody that he wasn't happy? I, I don't know what the message uh, was. I just, I, and maybe, I don't know. I mean, if this, if this were one interview with one person, I yeah. would, I would hundred percent like here, how were your emotions during the summer? I, mean, I was under a rock just working and I, um, I was just leaving all that in, you know, my agent's hands and, you know, I trusted my team. Okay, so looking... He just doesn't sound happy right there. No, I was doesn't. under a rock. Yeah, that's true. Who, who, sounds like you I on mean, a football Friday. <laughs> how many how many people say that? People that are jovial, people that just got paid $133 million. I was just basically under a rock working, you know, that's what I I, I man. I gotta find um, some old DA audio and listen to that during the break just to I, feel better I'm about serious, life. Serious, man. Uh, but no, what I was gonna Is say he getting it what? Is he getting it? It, is he tired of people actually saying things about him, that he doesn't work hard, that he doesn't understand, that he's not physical, that he's not an aggressive guy, that he'll never get it? Is any of this weighing on him? Maybe it is. I said this to you yesterday, but I'll say it again now that I'm hearing more of this. He sounds like he just had to pay somebody $133 million, not that he just got $133 million. Right. It maybe he just saw how much his agent takes out of it. Maybe that was like he just found out right before he sat down to do the press conference. But when you hear that tone, if this were all with one person, if this were like a one on one, he sounds like a guy that's like, I don't want to talk to this guy. I have a history with whoever this reporter is, and I don't want to talk to him. Look, there's a bunch of different reporters. Look, you know, honestly, too, once again, this is this is um, coming off a very tumultuous offseason, as we all know, for DeAndre Aiden. And maybe that, more than anything else, is the message he wanted to send to everybody else on Media Day. I think it was um, ill-advised. I think it was poor judgment. Because this isn't the time to do it, in my opinion. Media Day? After you just signed a $133 million contract? I I think it was ill-advised. It just, it sounds like... I mean, we're all trying to read into this. If it was planned, it was ill-advised. This is the one that Maloney played during Wolf and Down Your Lunch before, and I'm going to play it again. It sounds like he either, it sounds like he wants a change, and I'm not saying he does, I'm just saying it sounds like that, 
Or it sounds like he feels like he's going to get shipped out after January 15th, doesn't it? I mean, that's the other thing. It almost sounds like if I were sounding like this at a, at a media day, if I were DeAndre Ayton, the only way I would sound like that is if I thought in the back of my mind, yeah, this is great, but they're going to trade me away before the playoffs even start anyway. I mean, that's what it sounds like. What was your initial reaction once the Suns matched the pace was off? I was happy. It was all done, I guess. That's it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Alone. Um, oh my goodness. That just I We gotta find some old. I I, I honestly I that you're right. I the more and more I think you're right. He's it's gotta be something. I just can't it, imagine it he has doesn't to be wanna something. be there. He's a personable guy. He is. He's so likable, it's not even funny. I mean, that's part of the reason um, we talk about him so much on this show, you and I, at least, is because we just we like the DA quotes. Like he, yes. He's the sort of guy that you want to see have success. He's a likable dude. You know, and again, the first thing I think of, too, is I hope everything's okay. I, I, I hope everything's all right with, with him. I, I'm surprised somebody didn't just say, DeAndre, do, do you feel okay? You, you sound really down. I don't think you were getting much of an answer. I'm, I'm just trying to look for any old Aiton audio. I'm going to find some during the break, and we're going to play it later in the show just to kind of feel better. Here's uh, Devin Booker. He was asked about DA's offseason. I'm excited for him. You know, I know that's a you know, weight lifted off his shoulders. Um, kind of back to the J situation, you understand that this isn't just basketball. It comes down to business at some points also. And, you know, the only way you can learn and understand those situations if you're in them, you know, and I think he learned a lot. You know, I think both sides learned a lot, and, you know, he got his money, he got his max, and now he can just go out there and play and not have to, you know, think about it. I, I yeah. would I would like to know what Monty Williams said was internal at the end of last season. Yeah. Right? Does, doesn't it at least raise that question of, like, does he feel like I'm back on a team that's not going to use me the right way? Yeah. I'm going to be the whipping boy if we lose? Because yeah. I do think there is some of that. I think there's a lot of, like, hey, the Suns lost, it must be DA's fault. And that's not fair. Especially with with their most recent loss, it was about ten percent DA's fault. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm hoping, and you know what I'm hoping. <laughs> you know what I'm hoping that maybe the light did go on in the shed, and maybe he found out because of the light that there's a lot of junk around him that he needs to clean up and go out and and take care of it on the court. I'm hoping. Well, we'll if, see if they had a game right after that. He sounds like a guy that would have had like a, a 30-point triple-double, doesn't he? I, I know, but you know what? Once again, this is his first exposure since he signed the extension to Phoenix. This is it. Maybe he is trying to send a message. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, we come back. Wolf watched the tape. Went back and watched Cardinals-Rams. So what exactly happened, especially at that start? We're going to break it down next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zayvon Collins. You're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I've seen a lot of maturity, taking ownership of things, demanding things from others, not suggesting things, I would say. Great open field tackle by Zayvon Collins. He read it, he trusted, and he made the play. When he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that athletic ability and that size really on display, and then he just has to keep doing that. Let go! Let go! Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, Wolf. It is uh, it is clearly 
the biggest issue facing the Cardinals right now, and I'm not saying they only have one, but the fact that they have been outscored 31 nothing in the first quarter of games this season, the fact that they have never had a lead all season. We're almost to October. They haven't had a wow. lead. They have a win. <laughs> they, they, yes. they took the lead for the only time on the last play, obviously in overtime, against the Raiders in Week 2, but they've never actually led a game or played with a lead this season. And, uh, and that leads us into tape talk here, as you're going to break down exactly how this game against the Rams started and put them in this position. Um, all right, let's do some tape talks. Yeah, how about we set the tone right here, shall we? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so the Cardinals get the ball. So chance to go down the field and score first, right? Okay, first and ten. Wolf starting the game at home against the Rams. Everything's great, right? Yeah, you know what's so interesting about it, Luke? Um, suddenly there's Kyler Murray, and he's under center. And they've got 12 personnel on the field. One back, two tight ends. James Conner is in the Q position, lined up behind Kyler. And they execute a fake stretch play to the left, a tackle zone, as I would call it, to the left. And then bootleg Kyler Murray off of that with Zach Ertz in the flat and Trey McBride on a cross and A.J. Green to the side of the bootleg on a go down the field trying to clear it out. Um, Kyler had either Trey McBride or Zach Ertz. And he made the correct decision and threw the ball to Zach Ertz because color flashed immediately. He had a defensive end coming up the field in his view and boom, hit Zach Ertz who was wide open in the flat. Zach turned it up and suddenly it was second and four. All right, so second and four. Game that's, of six. Yeah, it's, that's a great way to start the game. It's not obvious From what you're doing. <laughs> it's a big win for Wolf. Okay, you could run or pass. Second and four. You get so many options, Wolf. This is the beautiful thing about it. You nailed it. It's a rundown situation. It's second and four. You can still run the ball, of course. The Cardinals are in 12 personnel. Trey McBride is in the offset eye position as a fullback. Kyler is in the pistol with James Conner behind him and Steven Anderson lined up to the right off the ball. Um, They're going to run a counter with Trey McBride leading the kickout block on Aaron Donald. Number 99. This block basically turns into a wham block for Trey McBride. Mason Ernie's a wham block is maybe the most physical straight line shot at a, at a defender as there is in the game of football. Many call it a psycho block because it's an attack on a down defensive lineman by somebody who's not nearly as big as that defensive lineman, such as Trey McBride. And Trey McBride basically attacked the ground. It was so obvious. Donald jumped right over him because Trey McBride attacked his shoelaces and completely missed up and messed up on that play. I mean, he jumped right over him, and you can't cut block a guy on that play because he'll just get off the ground and make the tackle. You can't do it. And Trey McBride looked like... He was afraid to hit him in the face. And I don't know if that is the case. I don't. I just know that 
I was disappointed. Well, he looked like a rookie. I mean, you showed me the, the, the replay. He looked like a rookie trying to block Aaron Donald. And he just kind of was like, oh, all right, I'll just try to take out your legs. It didn't work. But they do get two yards, Wolf, so third and two. Yeah, and I, I just want to say, Trey does not strike me as that type of guy based on what I saw in preseason. So yeah. I was disappointed yeah. when I saw him do that. Third down, third and one, 11 personnel with Zach Ertz at the tight end in the slot. 11 personnel with Zach Ertz as tight end in the slot. That's basically 10. You're in basically 10 personnel. Trips left, A.J. Green to the right with Kyler Murray in the gun and James Conner to his right. Right away, your team demeanor collectively says, we're not going to run the ball. We're going to throw the ball. And they did throw the ball to A.J. Green, who was one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey had walked up and played press man over A.J. Green. You know what? We all know what happened. The pass was broken up down the field because Kyler didn't put enough air under it. Suddenly, you're on fourth down, and you're punting. All right. <laughs> that sets the stage for fourth down. Wolf, okay, no big deal. Just a punt to start the game. It's not It's not what you want, but okay, you have to punt. All right, well, how did that punt go? Low snap on fourth down. Andy Lee has it blocked at the 30-yard line, and it's recovered by the Rams at the 35. Michael Hoyt blocked it and then snatched out of the air by Gervas at the 35-yard line. It was a low snap by the time Andy Lee gathered it and went to punt it. The Rams are already in the backfield, and they start at the 35-yard line. That's how the game started for the Arizona Cardinals right there. That's why tape talk is all about the start to this game. And we've been talking about the Cardinals and their slow starts and how important it is to get off to a fast start. And the players need to do better. They've got to execute better. I mean, the first play worked from under center. There it is. It worked. Not saying that because it was under center. I'm just saying they came out and executed well. And then there there was poor player execution by Trey McBride on the second play. The third play, I, I honestly think that Kyler Murray may have checked out. I don't know that to be the case. But I think he may have checked out of the play that was called and just went with a fade to A.J. Green. And it didn't work. And then on fourth down, it was just horrific protection. Deontay Thompson made a mistake. As a personal protector, you can never chase. You know where your punter is. It wasn't because it was a low snap that they got it blocked. It was because Deontay Thompson backed up and never should have. And as a personal protector, it's what I played when I was playing. You can't ever back up it, ever. It, this highlights, though, the beginning of the game. It wasn't. It wasn't. Hey, one guy made a mistake, and the Rams took exactly. the lead. It was a series of events. I mean, we just that was all the first four downs of the game, and first down went well, and everything else just kind of started to fall apart. Now, you said this earlier. Credit the defense because the Rams started their first possession at the Cardinals' thirty-five and only came out of it with three points. Yes, so. You know, it could have been worse. That game was winnable. It's not that the first three plays decided the game. But when you are a team that's been outscored 31 nothing in the first quarter of the season, the first three plays are kind of deciding your games. They're definitely yeah. des- deciding the direction of the game. And if you add the second quarter as well, the Arizona Cardinals have been dominated in the first half of games. Yeah. 
I didn't want to do the math on that because I don't want to know. All right, we come back. Week three wrapped up last night with the Cowboys and Giants. We'll take you around the entire NFL rapid fire style. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. in the books. Two undefeated teams three weeks into the season. Just Miami and Philadelphia. Two uh, two winless teams. Wolf, the Houston Texans at 0-2-1. And the Raiders, the worst record in football at 0-3. Unbelievable that the Raiders would be 0-3. That's not an 0-3 team. I don't know how you recover. You're 0-3. And the Cardinals did what they did to him in the second half of that game. I mean, they had to feel like they had that game won a couple times, right? Yes. <laughs> Not a great start there for Josh McDaniels. All right, let's start uh, going around the league here. Broncos 49ers. This was the Sunday night game. This was um, this is what you've always said you wanted, Wolf. Low scoring. Well, 11 to 10 qualifies as low scoring, right? Yes, it does. There were a couple of low-scoring games this week. Uh, it's Jimmy G, who did not play very well. Uh, he talked about uh, just the sloppy play across the board afterwards. Altogether, it was a sloppy day. I think we had really one clean drive. Uh, got points off of it. And other than that, the defense really uh, kept us in that game. But just uh, overall, just a sloppy day. Did you feel sloppy? Did you feel it ever? I just thought all together, yeah, we were just not in rhythm. Uh, we started off pretty good, too. We, I felt like we were in a rhythm early, and then we kind of just got away from it. And uh, I don't know. Things didn't go our way. Yeah, you know, I wonder how much not really having a full training camp and preseason hurt Jimmy G. Maybe they shouldn't have locked him out of the facility. <laughs> you know, I mean, before they actually made the determination to bring him back and sign him to a one-year contract, maybe they shouldn't have done that. Um, Listen, I I think we'd all agree there were certain quarterbacks in the preseason that didn't play in the preseason that looked a little funny, a little off in week one of the NFL season. Yeah, there's about eight of them. Uh, How about the Denver Broncos now? Here's the scores of their games, okay? 17-16 loss, 16-9 win, 11-10 win. These are not football scores in 2022. (laughs) Honestly, to me right there, once again, I loved it. A little defense actually being played out on the field. The struggle was real. The problem, though, is there was defense in the uh, 49ers-Broncos game on Sunday. But those first two games, it was a lot of just, like, poor play. You can have a low-scoring defensive battle. Their games have been like, hey, should we kick a field goal? Should we punch? Should we give it to Russell Wilson? We don't know what we're doing. They don't look right. They're 2-1. and one. I told you earlier, it feels like they're 0-3. <laughs> but they are 2-1. and one. I mean, if they don't mismanage the end of that Seahawks game in Week 1, they might be 3-0. and oh. I thought their offense was going to be so much better. And Russell Wilson, um, can I talk to you, Russ? <laughs> because it, you, you look a little off in certain situations, like your feet aren't getting underneath you correctly and you're throwing some passes that are errant russ this uh this food is not cooked can we send it back please because we were promised cooking inaccurate uh packers beat the buccaneers 14 to 12 this is a low scoring game too. aaron Rodgers afterwards it is week three feels good for sure could be some tiebreaker stuff down the line when you beat a team like this but it's just week three there's uh I think with the Bears won and the uh, Vikings won, so there's three two and one teams in the NFC North. 
uh, that's that's the focus. But big win for us. I love this right here. It's week three. What's he saying? He, he repeated it. It's week three. What what does he mean by that? Hey, I think. Hey, we all understand that um, week three is no big deal. If I would have said that back when I was playing, it's week three, coach. (laughs) Relax. It's week three. It's not that big a deal. Oh, my gosh. Things have changed, man. Did you say relax on purpose because we were playing Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I kind of did. I was hoping somebody would play it. Relax. Well, there you go. Uh, Carolina gets their first win of the season. People seem to be high on the Panthers. Um, I don't know if those people have watched the Panthers yet, but they're not ever out of these games. They did pick up a win, and they play the Cardinals very well. And the reason we're focusing on this game, Wolf, a 22-14 Panthers win, is because that's who the Cardinals do get this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, and once again, the Panthers. When I think of the Panthers, of course, you think of Baker Mayfield and you think of Christian McCaffrey. Those two guys right there. They're going to attack the line of scrimmage and they're going to use play action to throw the ball because that is the offense Baker uh, Mayfield needs to be in in order to be successful. He needs to be in that kind of offense right there. So they're going to do that. They're going to blend the old and the new. That's what they're going to do with Christian McCaffrey as a running back. Did I say McCaffrey? How many times did I say that right now? Because you can't say it enough when you talk about Carolina. That is their offense. Mm-hmm. In a gross simplification of the truth, that's their offense. And for as much time as he's missed over the last few years, the Cardinals always seem to catch him. <laughs> this will be the fourth straight year Arizona has played Carolina. Matt Rule, after the Panthers got their first win of the year. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't Please don't get me wrong. I just, I, never, I mean, I wanted to win the first week. <laughs> I wanted to win the second week. So, um, the the I just, I'm just not going to feed, feed into like, hey, it's been this long or that long. I think that's one of the problems, honestly, that we're trying to get our guys past is it's not like just because we won this week doesn't mean you're going to win that. Like just every week, just go compete. And, you know, we're not a perfect team right now, so we're just going to keep trying to get better and better and better at it. But but um, trust me, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that we won. I'm happy for these guys. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Matt? Go ahead and celebrate. Like, really celebrate for the next seven days. Maybe you lose the next game. That's fine. And then you go ahead and get back yeah. on track. And what was amazing about it as well, uh, Jameis Winston, he threw for a lot of yards, as you would imagine right there. And he also threw two picks. As you would imagine right and there. That, and the Carolina Panthers, this is what they do well. Their strength defensively, by far and away, is their pass defense. They get some good pressure on an opposing quarterback, and then they do very, very well in terms of coverage in their secondary. Got some great players. Jeremy Chin is a safety for them. He's an excellent player. And then you've got Monty Action Jackson who is the corner for them. He's a very, very good corner. They've got a good secondary. That's the strength, I think, of their roster. Chiefs lose their uh, first game of the season to the Indianapolis Colts, who get their first win of the season. If you watch this game, you um, you saw the Chiefs give this one back quite a few times. No Harrison Butker, but also the kicker they had in there, Matt Amendola, couldn't make anything. The Chiefs kept just going for it. The fake field goal at one point where you had the guy running to his left, throwing to his right. And, and when I say the guy, I don't mean Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> it, it was it was just a weird game. They let the Colts hang around. The Colts won. Andy Reid afterwards talking about Patrick Mahomes getting it into it with coaches before the half. No, I, yeah, that, that wasn't. I, I, I'm sure that's how it looked, but it, there really wasn't. He wanted to go for it, obviously. No, not a Hail Mary, something else that we have in the plan. But but I thought it was best not to do it. So he was just, he's a competitive kid, you know, and he wants to, 
you know, take advantage of every opportunity. I thought it was best just to let that ride there. But really, if you heard the words that were said, that wasn't, I don't know how it looked to you guys, but it wasn't a confrontation at all. <laughs> that was nothing. I don't know what you guys were talking about yeah, right move, there. There was along. no kind of conference. Oh, that's great. Nothing's man. ever anything, right? When you, yes. when you hear coaches post game, no, you're making a big deal out of nothing. All right, so it's just nothing happening ever in any of these games. You know what though? Um, I did think the Indianapolis Colts being at home, they were going to draw a metaphorical line in the sand, and they were going to say, "This is our stand right here for the season." I mean, I think they they knew that they didn't want to go ahead and start 0-2-1. They didn't want to do that. Above all, did not want to start 0-2-1 because that's like being 0-3 for the most part. And the Colts stood their ground. Give them credit. Make anything of the fact that the Chiefs scored 17 this week, 27 the week before. I guess 27 is not bad, but they really had to go off late in that game against the Chargers, and they needed that interception, that pick six, to get to 27. Every time I watch the Chiefs, I'm just thinking, like, why can't this team put up 40 every week? Yeah. Do you make anything of, okay, no Tyreek Hill, no receivers really stepped up yet as the guy? Do they need a the guy? Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to watch that trend because we know the Arizona Cardinals in week number one, their defense in particular, ill-prepared for that game. And I'm talking about every player going out onto the field just did not play well at all. That was uh, going around the NFL right there when we come back. Suns maybe wish they had pulled out of the KD sweepstakes a little bit sooner. Well, one guy that's in charge of the Suns, James Jones, reacted to that yesterday. And we're going to react to him next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.